Okay, I'm clicking place order on these good American jeans. You realize that's Khloe Kardashian's brand? Yes, I do realize. I'm going to the dark side. Victory. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we're talking to Audrey Monkey, the owner and director of Gold Arrow Camp, about how to be a happy camper at work and how to help others be happy campers, too. And we've got a Hollywood hack that will ensure you make a good impression, first or otherwise. But before we dive in, an update. Liz, in episode 116, we shared an email from Carol, who suggested that we up our meeting game by coordinating our outfits. And we thought she was nuts. nuts. And we were like, are you kidding? This is too much pressure. <laughs> but of course, we um, now feel compelled to do it. It's a good idea. It is. And so we're like paying attention to what the <laughs> other's wearing and how will it look together. Um, the other day we had a meeting and you wore sort of an, a navy outfit. Mm-hmm. And I wore a wide shirt. leg jeans. Yes, with of course with the, navy the wide top. leg jeans. Yep. And then I wore jeans with a shirt that was striped and quite colorful, but one of the little stripes was navy. So we totally coordinated without looking like we matched. Yes, which was great. Um, And then Becky on our Facebook group, bringing it up even another level, suggested that we use Nordstrom Personal Shoppers, which a lot of people do. We really should do this. Yes, and we've had it as a hack before. Yes. Because, you know, Kareen um, has told us many times that we should do this because many stores have free personal shoppers. The reason I haven't done it is because I just know that I will feel pressure to spend a lot of money if I have a personal shopper. And so, I, I, I don't know, I just feel like I might end up buying more than I should or want to. But the thread on our Facebook group was great in sort of addressing that particular concern because someone said they will focus on one specific outfit. Mm. Um, Somebody else said that she, like, started using the personal shopper when she had a huge budget for something, and then another time she was like, I have $75 and I need an outfit, and the person got her a $62 outfit. So Okay, so you and I need to do this, We do. All right. This has got to happen. We're going to Nordstrom together. Yes, that'll be fun. And having, like, co-personal shoppers. Okay, that'll be fun. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, Also, Sarah, before we get to Treadmill Desk segment, I got to remind everybody that Gretchen and I are on the road this fall with Happier Hour with Gretchen and Elizabeth. We are going to a bunch of cities. Um, The show, we call it Happier Hour. It's really more like 90 minutes, but happier 90 minutes doesn't sound good. (laughs) Um, So let me just tell people that you can come see us in Kansas City, our hometown, Chicago, Providence, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Please get your tickets now. Um, Go to GretchenRubin.com slash events for all the information and links to get tickets. And also the VIP tickets tend to go faster. So, you know, don't wait. Bye now. Um, And we cannot wait to see you on the road. I hear there are embarrassing slides. And... uh... 
Gretchen plays the ukulele, I know, but do you, I think you need to sing along mm. with her playing the ukulele. All right. Well, you know, you're going to have to wait and find out if that happens. <laughs> Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no-prep, no-mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it is time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's how to be and create happy campers at work. Yes, we have been reading a book by Audrey Monkey, who is the owner and director of one of the top summer camps in the country. It's called Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. And obviously, as parents, it's a fascinating read. We definitely want our kids to be thriving adults someday. Um, But it occurred to us that so much of what Audrey writes about in the book also really applies to work. Yes, as bosses, we try with varying levels of success to create a positive work culture, and that is what Audrey is all about. Audrey Monkey graduated from Stanford University in 1988 and in 1989 went on to purchase Gold Arrow Camp nestled in the Sierra Nevadas. She and her husband, Steve, have been the owners and directors of the camp for over 30 years, and it is there that she has researched and developed strategies for creating a fun, supportive, growth-focused culture for children. And we can say we know many people who go to the camp and absolutely love it, and I am trying to convince Jack to go this summer. Audrey also has a great podcast called Sunshine Parenting. She has five kids. (laughs) She's a brave woman. Audrey, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this all week. So have we. So excited to have you here. So when you're working with kids, we're just going to dive in. It's so important to be positive. Do you think it's just as important when you're dealing with adults in a work environment? Definitely. In fact, wherever you work, whether it's with kids or with anyone else, the positivity in the workplace makes you better at whatever you're doing. It makes your product better, your service better. So your employees need to be really happy in order to deliver whatever it is, whether you're at a school or a camp or whatever business. And in the book, you write about how intentional you've been about creating a positive work culture at the camp. How did you do that? It seems like it was kind of a multi-year process. <laughs> it's it's not easy. I mean, I think there's a lot of talk about culture mm-hmm. and establishing culture. And it is hard, especially to change a culture or to figure out what it is that makes a place special. And for us, it's kind of a unique 
uh, setup because for most businesses, they just go on all the time and they bring people on and they train them and kind of get them inculcated into the culture. For us, we have to every year get people on board with what we're doing and everything else. And so we had to really focus on what is it that is required to create this experience for our campers. And what it came down to is we need to train people on really basic stuff that creates positivity. Yeah, one thing that was interesting to me is that it's not just like, oh, we'll hire happy, positive people, and then they'll be positive. People can seem to be positive people and not be or seem to be optimistic, and in fact, they're pessimists. Um, And so you sort of, you almost made it foolproof so that if they just follow your practices, they are by default positive. Yes, we there's a lot of little things we do. It's funny because parents will say, "Wow, your your staff are so friendly." And how do you find people that age who are so friendly? And I was just like, "Oh yeah, you know, we just find them out there." But we don't. We <laughs> have a training on how to greet campers and parents. Mm. And we go through the steps, I mean, down to the, you know, you're smiling, you're taking your sunglasses off, you're saying your name, Mm. you're telling them how you feel about seeing their child. So it's like we're training for this positivity. So people notice it, and then the staff learn from each other. So returning staff need to train new staff. And you just get these systems in place. So like one example, and I think this is for any workplace— you really want the vibe to be that people are really friendly and always greet each other. Mm. You know, I mean, now that sounds like such a basic thing, but sometimes people can just be so busy and like their head down, and they're looking at their phone as they go through the office hallway. Yeah. But just that simple, like extra 30 seconds of saying good morning and smiling at people and maybe asking about something that you know about them that happened the day before, like, oh, how was your son's soccer game? Yeah, that's just the kind of stuff that some people forget, Um, especially for those of us who are really task focused. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of like want to just like zoom through your day. But if you want people to feel good and at work, you need to make sure that you really create these um, just kind of habits and routines that force people to be friendly and positive. Well, that is something we could definitely do. Like you and I could sort of at different times go around to people's offices and say, good morning. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, how's so-and-so feeling? I hope the cold got better or whatever. Uh, we never do that. <laughs> I know. Never. Yes. Never even crossed my mind. I know. But we will. We will now. Um, and then you also write about how important compliments are to creating a positive environment at work. Yes. And it feels awkward. I mean, many of us are just, you know, you want, you know you want to praise people and say nice things, but for many of us, it seems kind of awkward and you don't want it to sound really canned. So one trick for that is to just build it in to some procedure. So, for example, this is a really easy thing to do, and a lot of places do this. At the beginning or end of any kind of meeting or huddle up, have a time where people can give shout outs to each other. Um, Even just peer-to-peer, it doesn't have to be like the supervisor or person in charge Mm -hmm. always giving the feedback. But um, we do this at every single meeting that we do. So whether it's our leadership staff, kind of we have our once-a-week meeting or our counselor meetings, we always end, we call them WOWs. And people will just be like, oh, my gosh, I saw this person. You know, this kid was crying, and they comforted him, and they feel so much better. So everyone knows that this is coming. 
so they think about it ahead of time. So I really think all companies should do this, whether it's just at a weekly meeting. I mean, it can be three minutes at the end of a meeting, like, okay, let's do some shout outs. Let's do some wows. And what the good psychological part of that is, because people know it's coming, they're looking for things. Because mm, they want to have something to contribute. Yes, yes. So it really, it's powerful. And even if people think things are hokey, like say you, tr- like if you do this yeah. in your family, kids will all roll their eyes and uh-huh. be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. Or at a company, you know what I mean? Even people sitting around, but they will like it, mm. especially when they get one. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. I know. I, it's so funny because it's hard. It does feel silly to give compliments, but they make such a difference. I think you and I have increased how much we compliment each other. I do, too. And I think that's something that has happened because of the podcast in a way. Mm, interesting. I don't, it, it, it doesn't come naturally to either of us, but I um, think it, we're kind of trying harder. To be somehow. more positive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Can you become a more authentically positive person? Because, like, I don't know. I think I'm positive. Others tell me I'm not. Um, I also think I have a thing where I feel like I can jinx something if I'm being positive. Mm -hmm. What can I do to be more genuinely positive? Well, it's, you know, it's we've all learned about— And optimistic. Yeah. So it's all we've learned about brain science is we are wired— to focus on the negative. That's kind of our wiring Mm -hmm. has been that, you know, from way back, like, oh my gosh, there's an animal chasing me. I got to run. And so our default is to notice what's going wrong. That's at work with our kids. And for some of our personalities, it even stands out more when something is wrong, like grammar or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. (laughs) So if you put some practices in your own day that are positive. So whether it's the very simple one that lots of people do is three things you're grateful for mm-hmm. or something good that happened today. You can share it at work, share it with each other. You know, when you get together, hey, what's something good that happened since we last saw each other? Let's do that. That is a good idea. <laughs> and then, again, you're thinking about what am I going to share next time we're together? Mm. Um, so whether it's kids or adults or anyone, just any kind of practice that you do, whether it's saying it, writing it down, just doing those things will make you more positive. Like it can change your actual yes. brain. Yes. It'll make you less, you know, you'll still feel that you'll still sense the negative stuff, but you're going to be looking for and seeing more of the positive and saying more of it. Mm-hmm. Something like else that, that you do that um, you wrote about in the book that I loved was putting up positive messages. And this is something our assistant Mary, not a positive message, but she would put up funny messages on the whiteboard in yes. our office every day. It made every single day better. And everyone in the office would check to see what the message was, often talk about the message. It was such a great thing. Um, the other the funny thing to me that you did at camp is realized a good place for these messages is in the bathroom stalls. <laughs> and I was thinking we sh- I mean, that's something because we're in reading the book, we were saying, what could we do to actually, you know, translate this to work? And one thing would be to in all the bathroom stalls put up funny or, you know, writing is rewriting. Messages. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. a fun job and we enjoy it. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I do think that whimsy adds a lot of um, just fun to the workplace. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Do you guys know the name, the game Mad Gab? 
No. Okay, it's just this really silly game. It's in an orange box, but um, you when you play it, the words are all like muddled up. So the person saying, like reading the card, doesn't know what they're saying, and you're trying to understand what they're saying. And there was this one that was weenie toot hawk. Like that's how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, it looks really funny written yeah. out weenie toot hawk, but it's weenie toot hawk. Oh, that's and, funny. And Mad Gab, just if you just pull things yes. out of the box, those could be on a whiteboard. Uh-huh. And we get, I really think, I mean, that's another thing about positivity. It's just humor yeah. is really mm-hmm. good. So like you're, you're a person who was putting up something funny. Um, our nurses at camp put up like a riddle of the day on the whiteboard oh, outside. that's great. So yeah. just anything like that that gets people talking, that's just kind of fun. And that's one of my points too. P- adults forget to play. Yes. And adult play is different from kids. We don't have to, like, get in a sandbox together. But this kind of stuff, a funny note on the whiteboard or on the back of your bathroom stall, that's playing and fun for adults. Right. And if you need to have a difficult conversation, starting it with a little thing that says, we need to talk, yeah. <laughs> might be a more fun way in for everyone. <laughs> yes. You can get these kind of cultural funny things. And we do that. You know, things come around like that, where, you know, that a weenie to talk yeah. is like, <laughs> you know, it's like a lighter way of saying, hey, we got to talk about something. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we always try to hire line producers who are fun, who have barbecues yeah. or give out awards or have funny um, signs outside their doors, because we have learned through the years that when you've got someone like that at the center of a crew, it tends to be a happier crew. Um, And I think we just haven't implemented as much in our our side of things. (laughs) We've recognized how positive it is on on the production side, but we've never tried to implement it on the writing side. Well, you guys could do something as simple as it doesn't have to be super complicated. Like you can just each take like once a month you know, each of you could just say, I'm going to do something fun. You know, I'll do bring a game or something, mm-hmm. a team building thing to do just once a month. Um, we do at our, because our office the rest of the year is just not as fun as camp during the summer. We don't have any kids. It's like <laughs> just course. administrative yeah. stuff and phone calls. <laughs> so we actually have like our social coordinator. We just call her that. It's uh-huh. not like she does other things too, but she is like this week planning someone's birthday for next week. Like, what are we doing for the birthday? And, you know, she'll put up decorations before the person comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, okay, so my when my book came out, I got to the office and they had put a balloon in my parking spot, which Aww. we don't actually have parking spots. Yeah. It's just a parking lot, but they had made a parking spot Aww. and said parking for published authors. Oh, oh, that is so sweet. It was like so much better than even a birthday. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. I walk in and they had all these balloons and streamers Aww. and they had gotten cupcakes with little like toothpicks with like book covers on top. Aww. And those kind of little celebrations of people and just random stuff means so much. But you need someone who's kind of good at that. I'm not good at that stuff. So like the de- decorations and that kind of thing. Nice. But um, but to have somebody, so it doesn't have to be you. Your guys are actually really smart. To, if you find someone who does yes. that for your group, that's fine too. Yes. It's just making sure that there's somebody looking out for just sort of the fun factor. Are you keeping things light? Because we spend so much time at work and you want people to feel Like they're having fun and connected and they have friends there and it's like a little family. I do have one parenting question, but I'm relating it to work. It's about grit. Why is grit important in the workplace for adults and how can I instill it in Violet? See how I did that? I tied it all the parenting and the work. (laughs) Um, Well, 
Grit is important everywhere. Another word for it is resilience we talk about um, because no matter how much we want to protect our kids and ourselves from setbacks, they are going to happen in life. So we're going to have issues with people we go Mm. to school with, teachers, people we work with. It's just part of life. I mean, you guys both know this after working for so long with Mm. a lot of different people. So what a lot of times parents are doing is sort of kind of shielding their children so much from those kind of, you know, someone says one mean comment and it's like, oh my gosh, all the alarms go off and parents think I've got to swoop in and and fix this. Where what we really need is for our kids to learn the resilience to kind of just figure out how to deal with those kind of things because they are going to keep happening in life. And kids who aren't good at dealing with them as children can grow into the adults who are really difficult to work with. Ah. So a couple things that I I think for kids is um, one is just talking about your own things that you've had to do, you know, that have taken grit. So if you have a goal that you're working on, I know you're both working on goals all the time and thinking about different things, whether it's work or personal or health, um, sharing with your kids kind of how hard it is and the setbacks that you have so that they understand that we don't just come out as these adults who seem like we have it all together and we don't always have it all together and they don't need to be that way either. And and things that um, are mm-hmm. rewarding often take a lot of work, and there's a lot of bumps along the way. So I think that's one is sharing with our kids our own stories mm-hmm. and just letting them know that it's okay to have setbacks. The other thing is we have to help our kids and ourselves get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this one's really hard. When you've um, had a child, you know, your instinct from the second they're born is, I'm going to protect this little special person from everything. You know, I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to just no one's going to no one's going to touch my kid. And it's a great instinct. It's it's definitely required when you have an infant who, mm. you know, they can't hold their head up. The problem is is when you have a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old and you're still stepping in and protecting them from any discomfort at that age, it starts to harm their ability to develop the resilience they need to become a thriving adult human. And it's really hard as a parent. So oftentimes what I recommend, and this might sound crazy, is sometimes you have to let other people do it. You know, if you as a parent can't stand by, like when you're, you can just take something like learning to swim. If you're watching your child and it's like, oh my gosh, I don't like how they're uncomfortable or or it's too hard. Sometimes you have to step away and let the professional <laughs> work with them. <laughs> um, if there's a few tears, it's like dropping your kids off at preschool. Some kids like that separation is so hard, but you still drop them off. Mm. You know, they get, maybe they might be uncomfortable, but they overcome it. Well, the things just keep getting a little harder, but you've got to Allow yourself to feel that discomfort so that your child can and so that they can realize, wow, I came out the other side. As always, it's about us, not them. I we know. Need to, we need to change. <laughs> uh, well, Audrey, we found happy campers to be invaluable both for parenting and for work. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Well, it has been awesome. Thanks for having me. It's time for this week's Hollywood hack, arrive early. Yes. Now, we've talked about the idea of arriving early before in different contexts, Mm -hmm. but we feel like this is worthy of its own devoted segment. 
Yes. Our first assistant, Tony, was half an hour early for his meeting with us. And we hired him partly because we said, look, the guy obviously wants the job. Yeah. He's here. He was here a half an hour early. And it told us that he was organized and responsible. It just made an excellent impression. And this is something that we do also. This yes, is not something that if you're just applying for a job, you should do, or if you're an assistant, you should do. We now, as executive producers and showrunners, almost always, if not always, arrive early to meetings. Yes. It just makes our lives easier. Yeah. Well, for one thing, then we're not stressed when we arrived or sweaty running, that kind of thing, which yeah. is nice. But also, I like it when if we have sometimes like say we have a pitch meeting, it mm -hmm. might be us and a production company and the studio all going into the network. I like when everyone arrives, we're there. Yes. I like them to walk in and see our faces and are like, OK, Kraft and Fane are here. Yeah. And I just think that that makes everybody feel comfortable and confident, you know, and then we can just get our heads together, go to the bathroom, put on our lipstick. I can have a snack if I'm worried about my blood sugar. It's just so much better to be early. And being late is horrible. Horrible. We have not hired people because they were late. Yes, probably not exclusively because they no. were late, but it definitely, if you show up late at a meeting and you're rushed and, or like, I remember one person had a meeting with us and they were like, oh, I got an Uber and a this and a that and the Uber was late and this. To me, that makes me go, okay, when we have a challenging situation that you're going to be in as our assistant, you're not going to be thinking ahead. Because if you were thinking ahead, you would have booked the Uber for half an hour earlier yes. than you needed to yes. in order to get there. Or yes. you would have thought about, like, where's the parking lot? How long is it going to take me to walk to the office? Yes. All of these things that are sort of things that I want in an assistant. Yes. I'm thinking, oh, boy, if you can't just get here on time. Right. I'm not going to totally trust you to do. With other things. Yeah. And you and I think about those things. Oh, God, We are yes. like, where is the parking lot at CBS? How much time are we going to need? You know? Yeah. And here's the thing. No one's ever going to fault you for being early, but they very well may give you credit for being early. Absolutely. So just be early. Might as well. If you can. Be nice to yourself. Be early. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our fabulous guest, Audrey Monkey, for joining us today. You can find her on Twitter at Audrey Monkey, and Monkey is spelled M O N K E, and on Instagram at sunshine.parenting. Her website is sunshine-parenting.com, and the book is Happy Campers, Nine Summer Camp Secrets for Raising Kids Who Become Thriving Adults. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole30's Melissa Urban, Do The Thing. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. 
Liz, do you remember when we did the um, showrunner training program and Yvette Lee Bowser spoke about how parenting and showrunning basically required the same skills? <laughs> yeah, we did not get it when she said that because we were not parents, yeah. but now we do. Oh, my God. From the Onward Project.